Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's latest global developments. My name is Alec, and in front of me, I have Joshua Cheatham. Um, this uh, this week's topics, we're going to be talking about the Ecuadorian president dissolve, dissolving parliament and the G7 summit and the Japan defense policy. Just a disclaimer, um, the G7 summit, there probably more have been more talks by the time of this upload. So we're giving out information that is as of may 19th of 5 38 p.m so this is what we have the latest we double checked before we started recording if we got everything um nailed so uh before we start going to the ecuadorian president i do want to talk about the g7 summit and the japan's new defense policy or their um build up their military build up but um starting with the g7 summit uh the g7 leaders uh, are meeting in Hiroshima as of right now, um, discussing what they're going to do. It's all things Russia and China, classic. Um, they're looking to stiffen sanctions against Russia and pledge to restrict exports that could aid uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, some things that they want to sanction include um, their ability to trade in metals and diamonds. Um, and they said G7 leaders also look to reduce reliance uh, on China and China and foster more cooperation. Quote, they say our new policy approaches are not designed to harm China. We do not seek to thwart China's economic progress and development, but they just want for stable and constructive ties with Beijing. This is quoted directly from Reuters. So yeah. It's interesting. Well we also just learned today that apparently the United States is training Ukrainians in F sixteens. Yeah that blew my mind. <laughs> I was like whoa Whoa, 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 what are we doing? Wait a minute, but, um, so that, I mean, that, that happened just today, uh, because they're 14 hours ahead of us, so 14 hours ago would have mm -hmm. been, like, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly 14 hours ago, but it was probably, like, 7 hours ago when I, when I got the, the notification, the notification from the New York Times that this is coming in, so, this is brand new, they're probably, they're waking up right now, I believe. It's seven. It's about eight o'clock hmm. um, in Japan time. So it, I know I have things are gonna be oh. fresh starting in a few minutes, probably. So if something comes up and on it's our 6 phone, 6:40 a.m. in Tokyo right now. 6:40 a.m. Yeah, I thought they were 14 hours ahead. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, but they're gonna be waking up soon. Is the point? So, but this this is a good um, start because I mean, realistically, right now the Ukrainians are. Whooping the Russians' ass, like the Russians, they got nothing right now. The the, the counteroffensive, what big stalemate? Big stalemate. The counteroffensive that Ukraine is um likely going to happen still is going to push them back. And F-16s are probably a part of that counteroffensive. Now that I think about it, that's probably why they're giving it to them. Um, I don't know why the U.S. I mean, would be a part of that. Wasn't there something like even if they do say we're going to go ahead with the F-16s? There's still like a few months period before they actually get access to those F-16s. Well, yes, because they have to get logistics. Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, shit. But they're still maybe, training. Yeah, they're still gonna be training them. Um, hopefully, they're not gonna be used as like a, a counteroffensive to like enter Russia. Oh, that's a problem. That's, yeah, I'd rather just be to push them back. But so that's 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 the start of it. Now, I really want to discuss the China part of it because. As much as people love to talk about the war, the war in Ukraine, I truly believe that it really, in the grand scheme of things in life in the future, is not going to matter as much as China. And so Japan is really looking forward um, because they realize that China is 
squeezing them. Yep. Because they're an island country, and there's nobody to the sides of them for hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of miles, but thousands of miles to get to the U.S., and then it's just China directly staring them in the face. Right. So this is a this is a strong policy that they're trying to push to create more trade avenues that are not going to be with the Chinese. And I think it's a good it's good policy because everyone's so reliant on, on the Chinese, and especially mm-hmm. Japan, because where does you know everything comes from China's own ports and hubs and oil mines to China, and then if they trade anything else, it goes to Japan. So this can create more trade routes and avenues for the Japanese, um, also the United Kingdom, Italy, Canada, all of them, yep. Germany. So that, that'll be a big starting point for them to create new policies to not rely on the Chinese trade. We'll see what they come out with on Monday, though. Yeah. By the time they upload. We're going to keep monitoring it, so... We'll see. But for now, this is this is their goal, is to reduce excessive dependencies. And like you said, Japan needs something. Not just economically, but militarily as well. Which will lead to our discussion on Japan's defense policy. Mm-hmm. But um, before we go into that, what else is going on that the G7 is... They're also trying to achieve a world without nuclear weapons. So... Pretty um, just another most most normal G seven summit. Yeah, um, it's, they have promised many times to get rid of all nukes, but that's that's. Um, Kushida he has always done that since he's come into office. A previous prime minister, same thing. It's it's a big big sim- symbolism of Japan. That's why they hosted it in Hiroshima this year. Um, you never get a chance to go there. Please go. It's beautiful. Um, we went in the fall, but um, it's is it going to happen? Probably not. Um, not for yeah, not for a long time. Um, the next one that they're talking about in there is artificial intelligence. That's a big one. ChatGPT mm. is brand spanking new. Um, OpenAI services. What's the one that they just created? Um, Google. Oh, forget what it's called. I forgot. But they create Microsoft you know, creating their own as well. Well, I thought ChatGPT was Microsoft. No. What is that? Microsoft created their own through Bing, I think. So what's ChatGPT? It's own entity. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so, it's coming out so quick. Oh, it's to see OpenAI. That's definitely yeah. there. Yeah, OpenAI is... It's not dang. But this is a big development because this is affecting you know universities worldwide. This is affecting businesses worldwide, governments. The, the this this new AI it's it's so intelligent and it's so it it's useful but it's also you know I don't know how to, like how to, how to put a word on it affects, it's, it's so it's weird. going to not affect it's going to reshape the, way the economy things yeah the global economy I should say yeah there's going to be a new reliance on using AI tools compared to actually doing manual labor and actually having to do anything really yeah. you could just Type in a prompt, it'll tell you what to do. So it's going to knock out a lot of services worldwide. Oh, yeah. Because of AI. There's going to be a global shakeup. And I think that having this AI discussion at the G7 summit is fantastic. Important. I hope that they're discussing ways to implement AI into the economy and not, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> AI, we're going to get so afraid. You're going to get so afraid. I hope. I hope that it's not a discussion of AI is going to take over, but rather how can we implement AI in more into different sectors of our economy? Just regulate it. 
I mean, like, that's all you need, because, well, um, I forget what, um, Wall Street, um, trading company said, but they are going to start using AI as a tool to trade stocks to make their it's companies quicker. and clients money. It's, it's quicker. Yeah. You, you, you tell an AI, hey, I need X amount of shares. I don't know how they're going to use the AI, but hopefully it's something like, uh, client X needs to order 500 shares of Apple AI split second. You don't need... A, or like a broker to yeah what's the future of stocks going to be now like oh yeah it's going to be so yeah i also saw that there was a uh, a um medical company private company and uh, i think it was the uk could have been the us that used ai to detect a one in one million disease that's almost undetectable but it got it in three minutes it saved someone's life because they would have died without so that's where AI can be very useful, you know, but where it can be detrimental, you know, in cases of, you know, of non-state actors, if they get a hold of AI or, if, you know, the Russians use AI to to their advantage to, you know, create, let's say, robots, machines that can, you know, kill people, kill people. For harm. For harm, yeah, for harm. So that, that's, that can be where the problems go. That's just where regulations need to be. I don't think they're going to go that far into deep into discussion, unfortunately, Unfortunately. because we're still understanding what AI can do and can't do. So I just thought of something. What? We need to create an AI committee in the UN. A new new AI committee in the UN. A new tech committee. Yeah, tech committee. I think that could be very important because they have the cyber committee, but what about the tech? Maybe combine them. Maybe fall the cyber Committee takes AI under its wing. Yeah, AI and tech. And then have nothing ever be done about it. <laughs> it's the UN. <laughs> that's true. But that'd yeah, be good for the that's, world. That's my own opinion. But yeah. Okay, here's the last one, though, that's, um, that um, Reuters think is going to be on the agenda. Because remember, the, the talks only happened just today. So in the second day, it's going to be in a couple of hours for them. But the Allies are no doubt going to quiz U.S. Joe Biden, U.S. President Joe Biden, and have serious the risk of debt default in the United Ooh. States for the world's economy. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad they're bringing this up. So that's I, I, I think I read something earlier today about that the Republicans weren't still, but still were unable to find um, a negotiation with the Democrats. Yeah. I think they're still at a standstill. There was good progress made, and I think they're back at a standstill. And so, yes, this is this is an important discussion to have. Global effects because this is going to set back a lot of economies if the United States defaults, and this is a very important conversation to have. What we need in the United States right now is to have these world leaders come to the United States and talk to. The Democrats and the Republicans in our legislative building and say, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> like I, this is I get it. Negotiations need to happen. The legislative process takes time. But when we're about a default, there needs to there, we we need to raise. We have it. to raise it. We have yeah. to raise it. So we're not going to set back the world economy because of debates happening in the because of us. Because we we, we cannot be responsible for what what's going to happen. We can have yeah. the discussion after. So when the next time comes and we need to raise it again, which will happen, we won't. We won't have to. Yeah. Look, I mean, the the most important thing about the debt ceiling and the questions for the debt ceiling is that 
There's ways that the United States can subsidy it. I mean, first off, creating new trade with any country, which like creates more income. Um, that that could just be the start. Why do we need to focus inward on cutting? Why don't we focus on making money? That's mm-hmm. that's an important part. I mean, look what business, yeah, yeah, businesses that's, do. That's a yeah. Businesses don't usually focus on cutting unless they're in recession in recessionary place. Well, like we've that. seen that. In these past two years. Because we're moving into recessionary times. But, you know, usually they don't do that. Um, and, and and honestly, to me, like, like realistically, who, I, I think I've said this before, who the hell do we owe? Like, let's be real. The United States, always paying its bills. We're always going to pay our bills. We're on debt. That's, that's just how, that's just how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. Huh? We run on debt to make money. Yeah, we're 20, we're $25 trillion economy. Biggest in the world. I mean, if you combined, besides you take out China, you combine the next six, and it still won't equal the United States. So, realistically, what does it matter if we raise that's something again? And, and, and then the first thing we should be looking outwards is how can we create new trade partners? What can we do in the Middle East? What can we do in Africa? What can we do in Asia? What can we do in Europe? What can we do in Latin America? You, even with these G7 leaders sitting here next to each other, what can we all do? Not just the United States, is whatever they come up with, trade plans, well, yeah. investment opportunities. They're seven of the biggest world leaders. Yeah. We can figure out new avenues, where to, where to research. Let's dive more into Africa. Let's dive more into... No, but I, I'm sure this is not a topic of discussion right now. No. Because, and it should be, because it's going to alleviate a lot of problems. Yes. Had they had the discussion, but they want to focus directly on sanctioning and... How to compete with China? If you want to compete with China, do everything we just said. Yeah, literally. Look, look into other ways. We need to be unique. Yeah, we're, we're we have, we regurgitated the same thing every G seven summit. Yeah, and it's not like the Europeans don't have their own problems right now. I mean, all of them high inflation can't pay. We have, this, we their have workers. similar problems. Let's figure out how we can work together to create new policies. And hopefully get passed by, you know, parliament, everyone's parliaments in Congress. The last thing um, that we're probably going to be brought up for, it was going to be another U- U.S. thing, is uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. European Union uh, and its partners are very worried that oh the uh, $369 billion of green subsidies is going to basically deplete the market in mm-hmm. Europe. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. Because That's ex- deplete the market. It, 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 it literally says the EU fears an exodus. I mean, like that is considering that France and Germany are the leading countries in the world in green tech. I don't think it's going to be an issue. The UK is in the top ten. The Inflation Reduction Act, love it or hate it, regardless of where you are in the world, criminal competition. Exactly. Subsidies with subsidies. Figure out ways that this is this is why we live in this type of econ- this type of world. Yes, we're a competitive based economic global economy. That's how we are. We always run on competition. So why are they in exit? That's what crazy. No, yeah, literally. This is this is quoted from Reuters. The the EU fears an exodus of European industry. It's not going to happen. It's it literally happen. not going to happen. It will never happen. Manufacturing was invented in Europe. Period. It's not going to leave. I mean, like, literally, how many people are on strike right now in their transportation, manufacturing, oil, 
whatever in Europe. People care. So it's not going to go anywhere. And the U.S., who basically removed all manufacturing, we're trying to bring some back. It'll be fine, Europeans. Don't fret. Don't worry. Tell your leaders that. <laughs> please do, because... Yeah, yeah. Anyways. They're a little too overworked. Now, I think we should shift our focus to now Japan's defense policy. Oh, to Japan. The Japanese coming into this ready. conference. He was ready for this. Yeah, the Japanese coming into this conference are very scared of China. And not because of the economic reasons, but because of what's happening with the instability around the South China Sea and Taiwan. The routine military exercises have taken a new sense of urgency recently within um, the Japanese military. Colonel uh, Masatoshi Tanaka um, has a quote. Hold on, let me find it. Mm -hmm. He has a quote saying, um, uh, no, that's not it, sorry. He has a quote saying that we're very nervous. We are facing airspace violations of Japanese territory every day. Chinese activities have expanded in a number of qu number and quality. They involve UAVs, bombers, reconnaissance planes. There are many active aircraft carriers in this sea. We believe the conflict is going to start in the Okinawa Island chain, uh, which is about 600, maybe a little less miles from Taiwan. And so the Japanese role is going to grow in their regional stability. And that's exactly why in December, um, uh, how do you say his name again? Fushima? Or Kishima, sorry. <laughs> Kishima, Prime Minister of Japan, said that they're pledging 320 billion US dollars to upgrade their, their military, their defense. And that's massive. What did you say before this episode? Was the third well, largest? As of yeah, 2023, they're the second largest. As of 2024, they'll still be the third. And by... 200 billion they're above russia like 84 billion in defense policy here's the thing they need they they need protection it's just a must yep whether people believe out there in increasing or decreasing the defense budget for japan it makes sense you have as you said before reconnaissance aircraft uavs bombers aircraft carriers literally just chilling Right outside yeah. their, right outside, right outside their airspace, right outside their, um, their waters. What is it? The wa South China Sea. No, what's what's the word called in their territorial waters? Yeah, in their yeah. territorial waters, not in there, but very outside, close to, yeah, very close to their territorial waters. It, it makes sense, and they we Japan is doing the right thing because they need to create a sort of fear. They need to park their own stuff in there too. They need to show to them, listen. We're about it as well. We don't need the United States here. We have them here ready for us, yep. but we'll take care of you on our own. And that's what they want. That's the message they want to send. And it's the message they need to send. Because China's, South China's sea game has been going on for too long. For too long. So Yeah, I don't really care what people think in terms of our politicians and our foreign policy. Deterrence always, always has worked post-World War II. Proxy wars aside, in Vietnam, in, in South Korea, and um, proxy wars aside, a world war has never occurred since World War II because of deterrence. Of deterrence. World War I started because ally, they're all the, well, they're, yeah, they're the Allied powers had small militaries and had to build up. World War II, same thing. France tore down their military. Germany built up their army. 
Different world, different times, I understand. We're all more economically tied. But this is a big case because Australia and Japan and South Korea pledging this amount of money. Germany, France, Italy, um, United Kingdom pledging this amount of money. The United States raising its budget for the first time in a long time. Important. The show, Rush, the likes of Russia and China, we're... We don't care what you... How, you're not going to bully us. You're just not. So this is uh, very important for the Japanese. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much... Yeah. I don't yeah. have anything else for that one. I mean, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. Yes, there have been some protests within um, Japan. What was that? It was, I was reading this one like personal story from a villager near the, the airbase. I forgot where I read it, but she was... Uh, she had it was some old lady. She goes, I just don't want war. I fear of a war, and I don't want this beautiful place to be destroyed. So there's fear within the country oh, with yeah, this military buildup. And they, from the outside perspective, I feel like I feel like the rest of the world is like good, like you're doing well. Yeah, which is interesting to think about. Now that I'm thinking about it, inwards they're like, oh man, like this is this is not good. But outwards we're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese, since post-World War II, have always just feared, like, war. Because what we, what the United States did to Japan was, you know, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. In history, and, and, and that's even besides dropping nuclear bombs. So, I, I can understand the sentiment, but... I just thought of something. Yeah. What if Japan, during this time, in the G7, they're like, listen, we're building up our military. Can any of y'all help us out in any way? Well, it might be possible. It might happen. Maybe Probably not. will. But does I mean? I, I think all of the G seven have their military budgets this year. Yeah, even, even Canada, and you know, Canada. What what do they need to do? Right? You know. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a step in like the direction that there's a lot more fear um, that a, a world war is coming. But I mean, hopefully, like like I said, deterrence is going to prevent it all from happening because I I just don't there's there's not enough. I mean, Russia doesn't have the power to defeat all of, all of Europe, period. You have the United States and Canada. Forget about it. Same with China. I mean, China could take on South Korea and Japan and Australia, but, you know, you shot the United States in there instantly. Changes. Become the outnumbered. Changes the playfield. Yeah, it changes the game. And so I think I think this is going to be a big... I think Biden just needs to reassure security in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I think the rest of the G7 will do the same. Um, but I think we should move on now to something that is unfortunately not headlining news. Ridiculous. Um, and it was was it Monday or Tuesday? What what I'm day is it? Say? Two sure. days ago. So it was Wednesday, actually. Whenever you texted me. Yeah, Wednesday's Ecuadorian president dissolved Parliament after an impeachment trial. Now he was accused of turning a blind eye to alleged embezzlement. And we're facing an imminent vote that could have ousted him from office. The vote had, I think, 87 out of the 132. All they needed was 90-something out of the 132. I don't remember exactly what they needed. Um, 92 out of, yeah, they needed 92 out of 137. So that's two-thirds majority. So very close. He was four votes away. I mean, it was basically going to happen if they did another vote. Yep. So he didn't vote. Constitutional article called Muerte Cruzada, which means mutual, mutual death, and I'm, I'm butchering that, so don't yell at me for that. 
called mutual death that basically the president holds power for six months and then brand new elections are pushed up mm-hmm. for new president, parliament, national assembly, um, yada, yada. First, before we continue. Yeah, go ahead. Why? Why? Why is that a thing in your constitution? That's what I'm saying. First of all, that's what I'm first of all, like how? By the way, this was in. This is not like some ancient thing that they had in their constitution. This was introduced in 2008, a nice 15 years ago. <laughs> that is that in is modern day times. Keep going. I just I just wanted to put that out. Yeah. There. So that is a fascinating. Thing, yeah, this clause was introduced in 2008, never been used before, obviously, because it's brand spanking new. So, um, he he said that this was a political mission to stabilize democracy. Um, the president, he's part of the conservative leader. The majority, though, is this party called the he. I think it's called the Pious Party. That's how you say it. The Proud and Sovereign Homeland Party. Alliance Party, which is led by previous president Rafael Correa, the longest um, Democratic leader ever, 10 years in office. He's considered a Democratic Socialist um, and a former president. He was caught on corruption cases for selling state medical supplies to state hospitals and other, and also taking $7.5 million from private firms. Jesus. So, $7.5 million in Ecuador, that's a lot of money. You know, that's a lot of money. So that changed a lot for the country. Um, it's really interesting how this is it, this is a regular occurrence, unfortunately, in Latin America. And this is going to be another case of just the stabilization for Latin America, South America in general, in particular. And I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, look at Venezuela, another prime example of in Latin America where it's just. This, uh, the not dissolving the government, but more uh, one corrupt, yeah, yeah, one corrupt politician that took over everything and does not listen to their legislator. And this is, and it's not just Venezuela too. There's there have been one or two other countries in Latin America within the past few years that not have essentially tried to dissolve the government, but have committed corrupt acts. They have been caught with embezzlement. They have caught with uh, in drug trafficking. Been caught in aiding. Gangs and everything in general, really. Mexico is another one. Yep, Mexico is another one too. Um, but it's 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 stuff like these where Latin America they can become such an important part in the global stage had they not been plagued by such very corrupt people. And it's moments like these where these gangs and drug trafficking skyrockets. Yep. Because mm-hmm. what do people do when they don't trust the government? They start mafias. They start gangs. They start finding ways to make their own money because they can't. They can't trust the government, and they don't even have a government anymore. They don't. And what's hilarious is now that the government's dissolved, there's a Washington Post article posted literally today, in five in the morning. He goes, the the headline is after dissolving legislature, Ecuadorian Ecuador's president says he's leaving too. <laughs> So, a day after he dissolved and uh, averting his impeachment, he said, I'm out of here. That, that's legit exactly what happened. He dissolved the legislature. He couldn't get uh, an impeachment process. And he just, that's it. Dips. In, the, in dips. Well, I mean, I mean, he, he's obviously um, 
was, I mean, I, I don't think he, this conservative, quote unquote, conservative party is what they call it in Ecuador, is going to get reelected. The socialists are definitely more popular from personal account, which I'm going to bring up in a moment. So, of course, he dips because he's probably going to get arrested and say, you know, he's going to have to leave and go to mm-hmm. Belgium like Rafael Correa did. <laughs> Correa did as well because of his problems with uh, embezzlement. So, it's just another. Another sad story. Most average day. Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's a sad. It's another sad story. But just to not to make it even more sad, but I'm going to discuss a personal account from someone we know who uh, lived in Ecuador, is in the U.S. now, but has family there. Um, this person, the the basically the state is hiding as much as they can from the media. Like mm-hmm. it is impossible to find articles right now, and I don't know if that's because they just don't care about covering it because of the G7 summit. And what's going on in Ukraine, or it's just really hard to find. I just think it's a mix of both. It's probably a mix of both. But this person said that state and community colleges haven't held classes in months because they're not paying professors. There is no more medical supplies in the public health care system. So, and this has been said of COVID, that a lot of public health care people have been basically risking their lives without any medical supplies to help the people mm-hmm. in general. And so and this isn't the first time of corruption cases. Democratic Socialist leader Rafael Correa, the former president of the Ecuador uh, from 2007 to 2017, was also caught in corruption crimes. And he might be the next leader again mm-hmm. um, of the socialists. Uh, they're very powerful within the country. Um, this person also says the next president can be Jorge Glass, which is um, a popular socialist leader. Mm-hmm. Or the current vice president, Alfredo Borrero. Who is, who was also in jail a few months ago for corruption. So. The, can you name one person that hasn't gone to jail? Who was the one person? Jorge Glass. Okay. Yeah. So, most likely, he's probably going to get yeah. it. Just off of that one thing. Second thing, socialism will be big in the next presidency because of everything you said. There's no money to professors, me- uh, medical uh, facilities are out. So they're going to need a form of socialism where it's share base, yep, a uh, share base type economy, where they need to rebuild somehow. And they don't trust the market and they, anymore, which is also another thing. Unless they take out the the clause you said, which was the muerte cruzada clause, yeah, or the constitutional provision, or whatever it's called. I think their next, their first step after they <laughs> rebuild, after they fi- create a new national assembly and find a stable president, is to reform the constitution again. Then they can move on to re- um, helping out the different sectors in their own country. Yeah. So I, that should be the first thing in their policy agenda mm-hmm. is to I don't I I don't know what they were thinking originally doing this, creating a an exit plan for the government and creating a like just a like it's like a big all, red button that says blow up the government. It's an, it's an all powerful like, thing. Why? Because here well here's the thing that it said here um where is it? There the the uh leader of the army literally said that the head of the armed forces Nelson Proana Bono also sent the message to anyone planning violent protests warning the country won't accept any attempt to alter constitutional order through violence. So that means that Ecuadorian police and military basically backs the president. So that gives, if he were to want to take over the country, it, yeah, it's literally right there. Right now, he could tell the military and police to basically 
arrest anyone that's not, you know, aligning with how we view Ecuador should be. This is exactly what happened in Venezuela. Yeah. Exactly what happened. Literally. And, and, and so, thank goodness. I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't do crimes. But thank goodness that he is stepping down. And actually actively said that he is going I'm to out. step down. He said, I'm out. Because, first off, that means he really, truly doesn't care about, you know, being in power. It also means he's probably, you know, going to get arrested if they, you know, won elections. But, anyways... It's interesting. It's 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 just so it's so weird. Like why? Why? I'm just thinking about like implications right now, and the only thing I could think of is just implications within Latin America. It, it wouldn't be something that it's gonna would, be a new social wave. I think in Latin America, I don't think so much in outside of the world. It, oh yeah, yeah, in Latin America. Yeah. In in Latin America, because name one country outside of Latin America that has stepped in to try to support democracies and try to rebuild a democracy within Latin America. This is another one of those cases where the international community looks at it and goes, that is crazy and looks the other way. Yeah. This is where like big countries, big democracies like the United States, they're our neighbors. They are our neighbors. They are within our hemisphere. Yeah. Why are we not? We need to support our region. This is regional security. We can't just be the only ones in our hemisphere. We need to support everyone within our hemisphere. I mean, look at the EU. They're supporting each other. Yep. They are the Europe. That's what we think of. The first thing I think of when I see Europe, when I hear the word Europe, is the EU. Yep. When people say Americas, I only see the United States in my image. Yep. Which is unfortunate. And this is yep. like, we're all about protecting democracy. Where, where is it? Where is this protection of democracy? We're leaving out our Latin America partners. And they could be such of such usefulness to us and to each other, really. Yeah. I mean, United States and Latin America partnership and vice versa. But yeah, you're right. It's very sad that our, that our policy is – Bush was the first one actually to create um, a, like a – what was it called? Bush? Oh, 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 oh. I forget what it's called. Oh, I know. Just I, yeah, but it was the Latin American and the U.S. Um, partnership, trade partnership. And that was the only thing in the last 30 years that the United States has done to create a relationship with Latin America and bring manufacturing and trade to Latin America. Since then, nothing. Outside of Mexico and Canada, nothing. For why? Like, we're, we're wasting our time by not... Engaging with them because if we engage with Latin America, we're going to become richer. They're going to become richer. Our world's going to become a safer place. Period. Period. That's like it. And guess what? This is not going to be talked about at G7 either. Nope. Nope. Latin America. And it's is not, and this is not list. even the first time this has happened. This is multiple times. I mean, even look. Multiple. Look at, look at, look at, not, not too long ago in Brazil, the elections, they stormed the capital. They're storming the capital. We have Venezuela. Guatemala. Oh, yeah. Guatemala. Guatemala, too. Yeah, geez. It's just, like, it blows my mind. Widespread. And it blows my mind anything. that we're not doing anything. The international community has not done anything, but... Yeah. Yeah. They need to do more, so, but... Yeah. Um, oh, and the media won't. Barely. Yeah. You'd be I, lucky that, if you find good articles. That pisses me off. I remember when I, looked, I, I first like looked up on the BBC some things that were going on in the world. 
And the first, oh my god, this pissed me off so much. <laughs> the, the, the headline that I looked up on World News was uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle get caught in a paparazzi chase and it almost ended catastrophically. And then right next to it, little tiny little little block is uh, Ecuador cover, Ecuadorian president dissolves parliament. And I just go, huh? What? <laughs> Meghan Markle. First off, headline news. I don't care about some stupid actress who joins the 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 royal family who's worth millions of dollars. I don't care. When there are people at stake here, like people's lives are at stake in Ecuador now, and it's the Russian side. The dissolving of a government. If that's just doesn't like even spark what like what is going on like what 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 is happening yeah there is millions of people there that are going to suffer dissolve of government it that i i, I don't know i don't know like the more i think about it the more it just pisses me off i don't i don't want to i don't want to oh well that's why we're here to change news yes. jesus i hope so yeah um, know, but anyways, I don't think I have any more to discuss uh, on these. So, everybody, uh, by the time this comes out, the G7 will have been over. If we predicted some things, don't blame us. We're awesome. Um, and also, if you know, keep up on the Ecuadorian problem because it it's going to affect the entire region, whether we like it or not. It's going to, and whether we care or not, it's going to. We should care. So just make sure to keep do your research on these things. Uh, see what the G7 talks about. Maybe they'll bring it up. Maybe they won't. Um, but this this G7 conference is very important. It's going to tell the future for the wealthier nations in the West. Um, hopefully, stop the war in Russia and the in future Ukraine. And, in Ukraine. Sorry, and then um, you know stop uh, change our alliance from China to the rest of the world. So we'll see. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll find out. Yeah. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you in the next one. Have a good one.